0: Love Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older, and speaking of embracing life, continuing to learn, grow, and experience love are the keys to fulfillment in our golden years, and that's what today's show is all about. Our guest Jill Demby guest is an Emmy- nominated multi award-winning producer writer and director and most recently Jill has written directed and produced a documentary that each of you is going to want to make sure to see it's called and now love and explores love loss resilience and spirituality in the face of w- war and the real hero of her film is Dr. Bernard Bale, a man of insight courage and of course love so Jill's joining us today. To- share all about this remarkable man's life and the documentary she made to share all about him with the world so welcome Jill
1: pleasure to be here really pleasure to be here
0: well, thank you. I cannot wait to get started because uh, I want to say, first off, the documentary, it, it's kind of a multi-layered piece. Well, it's more than a multi-layered piece, but it is both a riveting story, the personal story of Dr. Bale's life, but also a window into the fascinating theories because he was an acclaimed psychoanalyst. I know it's totally rich, and of course the life of Dr. Bale is rich too, but can you give us, can you start out by giving us a bit of an overview of what our listeners, might expect when they watch and now love?
1: Um, yes, it's really, a, it's a story about how, you know, it's a story about how we can release the love in ourselves. And Dr. Bell was a psychoanalyst and he used all the experiences that he had being, you know, in the world war two, you know, being shot down by the Nazis and having a spiritual experience with his German nurse who, you know, saved his life and changed his mind. So, What he what he came to learn through being a psychoanalyst was that he wanted to heal us and be able to um, experience love in in its fullest sense. So, you know, you know there are some lot people have some blockages, but how do we get it? How do we receive it? How do we you know how do we get more of it? Is basically you know it's the overarching
0: um, overarching theme of the film as seen through his life. Well, and at two, I mean, really, like I say, that we, like I mentioned in the introduction, of course we want to continue to learn and be fascinating with, fascinated with new information, which this uh, documentary is rich with. But also I think at the end of the day or at the end of our lives when we're on our deathbed, you're looking back and you think love is the most important thing, which we've heard many times. But this is a real and interesting new look at this. So uh, we got a chance to chat a little before we went on air but can you tell us a little bit about how you heard about Dr. Bale and some of the reasons that led you to want to make a documentary about his life?
1: Um, yes, it was really kind of fascinating because um, my elderly was being treated by a psychiatrist, and um, we were very close, and I would have to tell him you know, what drug she was on, and he knew what I did, and he said, you know, there's um, there's a man who's my mentor that – people think would make a great film and um I think he might be a good fit so why don't you read his book and, and I read his book, Ermgard's Flute, which is his memoir. And I was really blown away by it. And I thought, here's a guy who was captured by the Nazis, you know, skirted death, you know, probably three times. He was a lead radar navigator in World War II. And he he wanted he just wanted to heal the world. And I thought Oh my God, this guy is is pretty amazing and and so resilient and and a guy who fought in with the Nazis in in World War II and then came back and fought oppression with anti-Semitism in his own country and then fought the oppression of you know the psychoanalytic institute he was in that was you know kind sort of dampening free thought and so I thought well this guy is fascinating and and when I met with met with him I talked to him for about probably 20 hours before I. I before I really knew that he was a subject that could tell his own story, that he was, you know, elega- he was elegant and funny and so intelligent and so loving. Um, I'd never really experienced anyone who was so devoted to healing as he was. I mean, so devoted. And it was just, it it really just took my breath away. So that's when I decided this, this would be a good fit for me. Because I'm really wow. into stories that make you feel, you know, so, um, and this story makes you feel on all levels, so um, I was really really honored to be able to do it.
0: Uh, well, I can imagine, Joe, and he just passed away, I believe it was like, was it January of last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh-huh. you, yeah. you actually got to, I would assume, you know, you mentioned that you spent 20 hours with him. You probably really got to know him and he did. He seemed in the, in the uh, film, you've, you know, filmed him. He's eloquent. He was on top of things, but also his theories he was such an innovative out of the box thinker. Tell us a little bit about some of the, you know, some of the theories he had that, uh, it was particularly around the mother's signature. I, I just found that fascinating.
1: Yeah, well, I I always preface it by saying I am not a psychoanalyst, but I am a filmmaker who really delves into process. So I try to make it, you know, easy to, easy to imbibe for a layperson. So I will say that, you know, the mother's signature, the mother's imprint, um, as he calls it, is really the unconscious feelings of the mother that are what he says are, are passed down to the fetus in utero which can give them a predisposition to, let's say, you know, anxiety or depression or whatever, you know, whatever things might block them from being the unique person that they were meant to be. So that, that imprint really blocks them off from being the full person that they might, might be. So that's, that's sort of the, um, the easy version of it. And, and he, he explored this through people's dreams. Because he felt that, you know, really, the dreams were really the royal road to everything. So, um, you know, and the dreams, the dreams conjure up from your unconscious. So that's that's the really short story of it.
0: Well, and also, uh, I want to add that in the documentary you had, I think it was like five or so, I I forget exactly the the count, of of some of his patients who expressed how this type of theory and working with him had totally changed their outlooks, their lives, and, you know, really gave them uh, more of a sense of their true selves.
1: Absolutely. And um, that was very moving um, too, because some of some of those um, patients had such you know very difficult childhoods, um, and you know so much of it came from his mother's imprint, and then it just carried on in childhood. So um, the fact that they were able to overcome through this through this analysis um, that you know they're the things that held them back and were able to live these much fuller lives it was very really, really inspiring. Um, And even, you know, like I was saying to you, that even screenings we had of the film, early screenings that we had, people would come over to him and say, you know, this is the first time I've seen my life clearly. Even though they knew nothing about the theory, but they, they, some cellular level could feel that something from the parent had been passed down to them that they seemed not to be able to get past, you know, and they wanted to be their own person. Um, not just sort of following, you know, an imprint basically.
0: Well, and as I mentioned too, uh, the, the story of his life is is in and of itself a fascinating, riveting experience. But, but these theories, and so the film kind of embraces, like I say, different dimensions. And um, I'm wondering you, as a filmmaker, as a documentarian, were there any big surprises for you too, or anything that especially uh, you mentioned you were moved, but any other insights that you had that you want might want to share? Well, what was, you know, there's so many
1: interesting things, but what was also interesting was this kind of spiritual aspect to it. You know, when he had been shot down by the Nazis and was recovering in a German hospital, he was treated by this nurse arm guard. And when I when I looked at what happened there, it was kind of like, you know, when she first walked into his room that night, he didn't know whether she was coming to give him a lethal injection or what, but she handed him a glass of wine. So there was this kind of lucky star in a way that he was living under. I mean, he had survived, you know, two, you know, two plane crashes and then was shot down on the third. And, and, and it was towards the end of the war, 1945, and Nazis were shooting down airmen that were bailing out, but he did not get shot down. So there was something in him call it spirituality and i think he called it god later on um was was guiding him and it was like a north star because he seemed to keep coming back there was a kind of resilience that no matter what happened his devotion or his north star you know to, to heal people or to live life to the fullest was always there and that was something um that to me really resonated, because I think we all have a North Star, and we just sometimes can't feel it, but he was somehow guided by it, and the angels, as he called them a lot of times, you know, Mm -hmm. were looking over him, and I think, you know, um, you know, I think we all have that in some way, but may not be conscious of it, and that may say a little, sound a little woo-woo, or too spiritual or not, but, or it can be religion to some people, but um, I think for him, that was really something that guided him, you know, this this kind of North Star, um, and that was fascinating to me.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I, I think, like you say, we probably each have it, but, you know, life goes on, and sometimes we're focusing in different directions, and, you know, he could have been a very bitter man, you know, having had to go through the war. I think, you know, projecting myself into his life story, I think, though, the most hurtful thing would have been to have your peers, after you've gone through all of that, and then have your peers reject you in such a, such a way that they did, I, I, that, to me, would have been awfully hurtful.
1: Um, I'm glad you brought that up, Eileen, because that's a really big point. This man, I mean, really, of course there was anger and and things like that, but he was so loving, and, and he was all about unplugging the love spigot in everyone, and that's really what he was towards the end. I mean, he just was like this pure love. Pure love was coming out of him, and to have that after all he'd been through was just showed me tremendous, you know, not only tremendous resilience, but courage, bravery, and a kind of surrender, too, in the best sense of the word, that whatever happens, love is really the guiding force in the universe. And he said, love is the moving force of all mankind. And he quotes, I'm quoting him in the film. It's what moves mankind. And if you think about it, it
0: really does. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a big life lesson for all of us to hear because if uh, we can get caught up in stuff that truly isn't that important, but you can kind of step back and realize that love is it, and he certainly showed that in his life. I also want to bring out the fact that the film is narrated by Peter Coyote. I know a little bit about him, and I think he has a very, let's say, profound spiritual side himself. Did you and he get a chance to talk about this, or did you work closely with him? Or tell us a little bit about we that experience. Did.
1: Yes, I worked with Peter, you know, closely because, you know, um, we were doing this. And he was kind of, he looked at the first eight minutes of the film and he was like blown away. He said, is this real? Is this like a real story? <laughs> but, um, and, and he was just like, kept, I mean, kept opening his eyes more and more as the film went on, right? So, um, but he is a very spiritual guy. And, and um, we talked a lot about spirituality, kind of what that meant for him in his life and how he saw it in this film as well. Um, but he was just a consummate professional and amazing person to work with and and an incredible human being who, you know, really gets
0: it. I I would, again, I know only what I've read about him, but from what I understand, I would definitely tend to agree with you, Jill. So I don't want mm-hmm. to get too personal, but obviously making the film had to have been a labor of love for you and, and you know, a soul awakening experience. But do you have a, a couple of personal takeaways uh, that you want to share with the audience?
1: Well, um, the film is in, it's appropriately titled And Now, Love. Because I fell in love after the film so um, that ah. was a beautiful thing <laughs> you know um, <laughs> and I think I think it's you know a lot of the takeaways from the film you know were that you know besides being um, so inspired by his journey and his resilience and courage and bravery, and I think that um, I just was in a place where i I was in a Perfect place of kind of just surrendering to love, and and I think I learned a lot from Dr. Bell um, about that. And so um, that was one of the one of the things that happened, which was great. Besides, well, and I have to 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 tell you, Julie, you just gave me a
0: big set of goosebumps. That's amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. Well, I could go on and on and discuss this at even okay. more, even greater length with you, but I know you probably have things to do today. So let's let our audience know where they can go to take a look at this remarkable film for themselves.
1: Well, And Now Love is on Apple TV+, Plus, Amazon Prime, Vudu, and many, many other platforms right now, so it's readily available for you to see. And – you can go to amnowlovethemovie.com if you want to learn more about the movie. And there's trailers and all kinds of information.
0: Well, and I also want to say there's a whole lot of awards and acclaim you've been getting for this movie. So, I mean, it's a congratulations on mm-hmm. that aspect, too. Well, do you have Thank any you. final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners before we close? Well, I say lead with love. Wow, that's hard to follow up on, (laughs) Jill. Jeez, (laughs) talk about the perfect three words. (laughs) Lead with love. I can ramble on for hours, but that's perfect. You know, I've been looking forward to this, and I want to thank you. You're you're an enthusiastic, and I know a very loving person yourself, I'm sure, and also this remarkable uh, documentary. I'm so uh, honored to have been able to see it myself, and I really appreciate you spending time and sharing it with my audience and me.
1: Thank you, Eileen. I'm so happy to share it. I'm so glad to meet you as well. And keep being feisty.
0: I will. <laughs> but I'll do it with love from now on. Not just feisty. I'll do it in a loving way. Right. So, so uh, please. Feisty. Yeah. <laughs> so, for so. all of you listeners out there, please check out uh, And Now, comma Love. Uh, because Jill has really uh, managed to create a really moving uh, and a film that will inspire you and make you feel far more loving yourself, and maybe like me, you'll get some goosebumps too. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of Fifty Radio. See you, and I'll catch you later. Bye bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.